Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Um, you know, baseball, uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy sport and we got another example of that. Just prime example of how crazy baseball can be last night. Obviously the Astros have been playing fabulous. I remember the first time they faced this guy, Bradis, and it's from New Mexico state and his ERA was over six. The Astros were facing him. At Minute May Park, and I think he threw, gave up two hits and no runs over eight innings. And then you say, wow, there's no way he can do that again. Well, the Astros have been playing tremendous lately. They go over to Baltimore. This cat's pitching. And what does he do? Well, what did he do? Eight and a third? I mean, he went into the ninth with a one hitter. He went into the ninth with a one hitter, and I think with one out. Or was it two outs? Anyway, uh, Pena got a hit in the ninth, and then the next guy was out, and it was done. I mean, <laughs> Bautista came in and, and got the out. It was over. Just two. A guy who against everybody else, his ERA is in the high five or six. Against the Astros, who have the best second best record in the American League, second best record overall. He is just completely dominated in two games. That's baseball. I mean, it's just you, there's some things you just can't explain, but obviously something that he, you know, the, the Orioles are kind of kind of got the Astros number right now. Pretty sure that's five out of six. Beginning of last season, the Astros went there and just embarrassed them in a series. And then when they came to Houston, they swept the Astros. And then I'm pretty sure they won what a – they dominate. They totally outplayed the Astros in the series in Houston, and here we are winning Game One of a four-game series in Baltimore. So, to Ronnie's point, Rockefeller yesterday told us, that, and he's been reminding me, the Astros need to lose some games, no question. My goal was to go seven and five. I don't want to do too much better than that. I don't want to do. I don't really want to do too much worse because losing, even if you need to lose, is still not fun. Still not fun. I don't want, you know, see too much losing. Might mess me up mentally. But 7-5 and is a good little finish to the season. And they got one of those losses yesterday. Uh, Verlander pitched fine. Again, that going, well, you got Verlander. Well, you got to score runs. Still, a t- it's more individual in a lot of ways. Still a team game. Still... You know, the great hitters only get to bat one time. You don't get to bat twice or three times during the order. And it, it's, um, you know, you still got to score runs. You still got to play defense, all that stuff. So that was a, a, an interesting development last night. High school football last night at Acadiana. I've seen Acadiana do this before against Lafayette High. What I mean by that is Lafayette High, you know, they know about Devere and they know how theoretically how to stop it. And I've seen game, and not so much this one last night, 
But I've seen where Lafayette was doing really good against the run, so loud against the run. So Acadia said, okay, I'll throw the ball. And they did it last night and threw it with great success. And the final score was not close. 55-6 to six over the Mighty Lions. Nor for me, congratulations to the Patriots. They beat Lauraville 35-21. That's a nice little win for them. You know, Nor for me is not that far away from being 4-0 right now. But they lost two close games, so they're 2-2. Two and two. Hanson beat Highland Baptist 35-0. And Generette beat Centerville 8-0. Those were the four games involving the KDN area schools last night and then tonight we have pretty good night we talked about the 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 better games on the schedule um yesterday notre dame is going to be hosting turlings tonight at gardner memorial in crowley st martinville will be at home against westgate defending state champion ranked number one we've got lafayette christian at home against ruston and then St. Thomas More at Catholic of Baton Rouge, arguably the best game in the whole state. And, of course, you can hear that game right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette. We've got um, all kind of games that you, you want to watch to um, tune in tonight. Karen Crow uh, is at Sulphur tonight. You can hear that game on Z1059. The Southside Sharks at New Iberia. One of them high press boxes. Don't look down is all I'm saying. If you're afraid of heights, don't look down on the way up going up there, Matt and, and Stevie. But Matt and Stevie will bring you that game on Mustang. 107-1, the Vermillion Parish Game of the Week. 106-3, Radio Lafayette. And the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week, News Talk 98.5 FM. As well as the Bar Bucks will be playing. You can hear them on the game 104-1, Lake Charles. So, again, more high school football coverage uh, this weekend. Started last night with Acadiana, and, you know, you get all those on our Delta Media family of stations. Uh, We are going to have a lot of interviews today. We're going to talk, as we have been each Friday, with Gerald Broussard in the 10 o'clock hour about his feelings going into Cajun Color Guy, going into – the Cajuns Sunbelt Conference opener against ULM, I got to tell you, I don't feel all that confident. I I kind of I feel like this is the last chance to where the Cajuns get some sort of benefit of the doubt here. They're going to have to prove that they can do something offensively. And um, if they do, then they might earn a little more benefit of the doubt. But for now, I mean, the, the benefit of the doubt's kind of running out in terms of predictions I'm talking about, in terms of having confidence to pick them to win. Not that I'm panicking about one game, but it's been three games, and, and the same thing with the Saints on offense. They've got to, they haven't played three games yet, but they got to prove a little bit on offense in terms of predictions as well. So uh, big, huge, huge weekend. Also, we'll have a special guest in the 10 o'clock hour, Lionel Vital. We've interviewed him before, but I want to get his perspective uh, on football. He's a guy he's from Lorville, played in the NFL, played in the CFL, was uh, you know executive, front office executive and administrator in all kind of NFL teams and CFL teams, just uh, been part of the NFL for decades and, and, and want to get um, – his perspective on the state of the game and, and the way things are going, we'll be doing that. And then we'll have um, 
Mr. Bobby, as he's called on this show, is going to be dropping by later this hour. So lots of um, we're going to be getting a lot of different perspectives as as the day goes on. We've got um, NFL. We talk, you know, Thursday is a busy, busy NFL day. There was one game last night. You know, the Cleveland Browns, a lot of people, a lot of QWs really turning up their nose at Jacoby Brissett. Not saying Jacoby Brissett is a great player. Not saying that at all. I'm saying is the Cleveland Browns should be 3-0 and right now. I mean, they just botched a game last week against the Jets. They just botched that game. But really, they've outplayed all three teams they've played. Like, they should be 3-0. and They're running the ball real well. They haven't played great defense, okay defense at times. I think their defense is a little better than they've showed, but again, it's preseason. And, and um, they, um, I was, uh, I don't know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I didn't, I thought they'd be better offensively. Uh, still early, still preseason, as I keep saying, but their offenses, they got offensive line issues, and they had them last year, and I thought they'd be a little better, and there's still plenty of time to get better. But not 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 better yet. It'll be interesting to see how patient they are. Of course, they got about as patient a coach and as stable a coaching situation as there is in the NFL. But uh, but no, that that was a nice win by the Cleveland Browns. I um, decided to play Amari Cooper, not wait on Gabriel Davis is so uh, fantasy wise got off to a good start and I've got Nick Chubb who um see I got no problem with with second or third round running backs I got no problem with them what I hate is drafting them in the first round like everybody tells me I'm supposed to do and then they do nothing and then you feel like oh I'm so I'm so smart I'm I'm glad I picked this running back who's done nothing for me that keeps happening to me over and over kind of like having a quarterback who like leads the league in points scored <laughs> I've been passing on those forever, and I'm like, I don't know. This is pretty fun having this cat. He throws the ball all over and around the field. But anyway, long way to go, but an interesting fantasy um, start. But from all team, from all team, but the Cleveland Browns had a good fantasy, a good start to fantasy anyway with with uh, with Cooper and Nick Chubb last night. So we'll see. How that plays out, you know, fantasy is just a whole different world. No, 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 no question about that. So that kind of sets the stage. Let's go ahead and do something that you know we all we pretty often say we're going to do and don't do um, in the first segment a little earlier than normal, so we can have time for some interviews. We'll be talking McNeese State football with the Cowboys play-by-play man. On the other side of this timeout, on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to... Put notes on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers 
and the Houston Astros. Before we get to our special guest, want to remind you about the Angola Prison Rodeo. If you would like to win a family pack of four tickets to see the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, that is Sunday, October the 2nd, you could win by simply doing this. Text the word RODEO or R-O-D-E-O to 337-289-8100. Text RODEO to 289-8100. You might win a family pack of four tickets to see the Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Speaking of Lake Charles, we have with us the voice of McNeese State football, Mr. Tom, Mr. Tom Hafer. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. Everybody struggles with my name the first time. <laughs> well, my name is Foot, so which is a unique name, and some people say Footy and stuff like that. So I know I know how that goes. So tell me, tell me where you're from, and who did you grow up supporting? I like knowing the sports history of people when I get to meet them. I was born in uh, Michigan, in a suburb of Detroit, but moved to Southern Illinois when I was a kid, uh, and so I was basically across the river from St. Louis. So I grew up a St. Louis Cardinals fan in baseball and uh, uh, a big St. Louis Blues hockey fan. Those were my two sports when I was a kid. And th- that's where I got the announcing bug. I, I liked the, the two announcers uh, for, for uh, the, the Cardinals with Jack Buck and for the St. Louis Blues was a guy named Dan Kelly, and they were my heroes when I was a kid, and that's why I got into sportscasting. Well, that uh, certainly those are some you know all time great kind of guys. So how how'd you get down to South Louisiana? Uh, radio business. Uh, I was working in Alabama actually, and I moved over here. Um, great friend of mine, George Swift, who is now the uh, the uh, head of the local chamber of commerce, was running a radio station here, and he was from Alabama. Heard me do a football game over there, and thought I might be good for uh, his plans to get the McNeese broadcast rights. And it took 10 years, but we got them. So <laughs> I've been doing it ever since then. It started in 2000. Well, this is, you know, it, it's a trying year. We've all followed teams where you go through a transition period, you get a new coach, and and especially in the current – I mean, coaches have done this before, but in the current way that college sports works, you get a lot of new players – I mean, Nice has, what, about 50 new players on their team, and it takes a while to get going. How, how, how do you f- sense that the coaching staff and the players are handling these growing pains? Um, I think the coaches and the players are handling it just fine, and I really appreciate that, that Coach Goff is, he is committed to the process. He's done this before. At, uh, I believe it's Tiffin College in Ohio. He had to turn that program around. Um, and, and then when he went to Valdosta State as the, as the head coach, they were already winning, and he kept them winning. But he's done this. He's turned around a program before. He says, we know what works, and we're going to stick to that plan. And there is some, you know, you, most, of the, most of the fan base is on board with that and understanding of it. There's the, the typical chirping that goes along, especially on social media, about the fact that they've played poorly so far, and they have. Um, but most people are committed to the process and understanding of it. Nobody likes losing. Everybody hates being 0-3. But I think the, the coaching staff has done such a good job with um, being out in the community and available and 
uh, honest and forthright and, and just being, you know, they've done a really good job with the PR aspect of being the new football coach that people are on board with the, with the rebuild and growing pains hurt. They do, but uh, I think folks, for the most part, are, uh, are accepting of that, the fact that it's just going to be a while before we play well. You know, uh, with the Saints, we've heard the talk here locally with the Cajuns, and it sounds like it's the same situation with McNeese. A lot of times when you got a lot of new, new coaching staff or a, a lot of new players, one of the toughest positions to really get going and to gel as a unit is arguably the most important, and that's the offensive line. Is, yeah. is, is that kind of the maybe the biggest issue right now for McNeese? It's certainly an issue, and it has been really the last two seasons it was a problem. Um, coming into you know the spring practice, they didn't have enough healthy offensive linemen to have a scrimmage because they, they couldn't divide up into two. They, they were that few. Coach Goff recruited heavily in both uh, transfers and uh, the high schools to get bodies in here. And, and there are a lot of young guys, some of whom could be pretty good, um, the best, unfortunately, the best offensive lineman the Cowboys have, preseason all-conference uh, player Karan Coleman, has had concussion issues and has not played and may not play this year. Uh, so they have been very young. Only one senior on the offensive line, uh, starting a freshman and a bunch of sophomores. So uh, that has been an issue. There have been a lot of sacks against the quarterbacks. Not all of that's on the offensive line. Some of it's been, you know, some indecision and and uh, bad decisions at the quarterback position, um, which is a learning process too. But yeah, the, the offensive line is a problem. And uh, hopefully because these guys are young and have some time in the program to grow, uh, get stronger and get more experience that that will be an asset down the road. Now also, the, the, you know, I was a little surprised by the sack total because I don't remember it being that bad the, the, in the games before that. Did Alcorn blitz a whole lot more than you saw the first two games? Um, a little bit more, yeah, yeah, they did. They had a, they had good lines. Both their offensive line and their defensive line was really good. Um, I, I think there were a couple of missed assignments, and uh, there were there were times where the, the guys just didn't get the right you know to the right guys um, on those blitzes, and, and other times there was nobody open, and, and the quarterback ended up just you know just eating it and, and taking the sack. Again, we're speaking with Tom Hay from McNeese State. Um, voice of the Cowboys, and the Cowboys will be playing Mississippi College. Now, for those of you who say, well, man, I'm, I'm not real familiar with that. If you're an old school Saints <laughs> fan, Fred McAfee was a player and a coach and been a part of the Saints. You know, he, he played at Mississippi College just for a point of reference. This is also uh, familiar. Coach Goff probably played them when he was at Valdosta, correct? He did. They were in the same conference, right, and right. so he knows all about them. And it's an interesting uh, team. I forgot that Fred McAfee was from there. Thank you for bringing that yeah. name up and uh, <laughs> reminding me about that. The uh, the Choctaws are a, a triple option team, and they are extreme in their attempts to control the clock and uh, keep the ball away from the opposition. So that's that's challenge for the, the Cowboys. You know, we've had a lot of three and outs, not been good on third down, and uh, when we've scored, it's had a tendency to be big plays, um, not sustained drives. So it's going to be challenging for the Cowboys to make sure they don't just get ball controlled and, and not have their opportunities uh, in the ball game. And against the triple option, 
talked with Coach Goff about it. It's all about assignment football. Somebody's got the pitch man, somebody's got the quarterback, somebody's got the dive back, and you've got to tackle everybody on every play who might get the football. Now, do you feel like from what you've seen from McNeese so far that they would match up better with that than like a spread team that's going to chunk it down the field? Uh, it's possible. You know, so many new players on the defense, and especially in the defensive backfield, um, the Cowboys had some really good defensive backs that, that transferred out, once at LSU, one starting at Marshall. They, they had a really good defensive secondary last year. So everybody's new, and we haven't seen them against something like this. So, um, and, and add to that, um, two, two starting corners got hurt in a game against Alcorn and look like they're going to be out for the rest of the season. So we'll wow. have new guys in there uh, against this. So I'm, I don't know, honestly. I think that's a big test. I think, in general, Mississippi College is a D2 school, and they're one and two. They've not had good success, even with the triple option necessarily over the last few years. I think we'll have a talent advantage uh, over them and, and probably will be okay against the, the option. So are you thinking that the most effective thing, because McNeese had some success running the ball at times in the first two games, uh, not as much as I saw last week, but but is this a uh, game where they probably, the the running game maybe needs to be the ticket to having some success? Yeah, they'd like to run the football, and they've got a couple of tailbacks that, that are really good. Uh, Deontay McMahon is terrific. He's been with the club in, uh, for for the past two seasons, but he's had a lot of trouble staying healthy. Uh, he has looked absolutely electric in the first three games, and there was an obvious attempt to get him the ball more in the Alcorn game. But unfortunately, the Cowboys fell behind 21 to nothing against the Alcorn, and they ended up having to throw way too much. Um, that's been, I think that's been the problem in all three games is that the, the Pokes have been behind and uh, haven't really been able to utilize the running game like they would like to. D'Angelo Durham is the backup, and he's good, too. He had a, a big 75-yard run against Montana State. Uh, I think they really do need to They need to establish a run, and it'll, it'll help set up the passing game. Well, I know one thing about sports. Even if you play someone who's not in your conference or theoretically at a lower level, uh, winning makes you feel a lot better no matter how just makes yeah. you feel better. So this yeah. game is really important in it for, for, for it a is. lot of people. It is. Uh, sometimes, you know, the, the, the folks have made a lot of mistakes, especially on offense. And sometimes, you know, you have to play good to learn how to play good. And, uh, and so, you know, just hopeful that they have a game that's, that's not as many mistakes and not as many sacks and hopefully some success on third down. That's just been such a nightmare scenario for them so far this year. Um, uh, yeah, it's a really important game, and, and give them a win would give them some confidence. And, and just, I, I think they they haven't figured out how to play good. And if if they do, maybe that sets the stage for some better performances down the road. All right, well, it's nice to get to know you, and uh, look forward to to, to uh, talking to you each week. And uh, hopefully, we can be talking about a, a W next week. Thank you for your time, sir, very much. Thank you, Kevin. Looking forward to being on each week. It's All great right. to be on the radio. All right. Thank you. Again, that's Tom Hayford, a play-by-play voice of the McNeese State Cowboys football team. We'll see if they can uh, kind of get off the schneid there. You know, he said he's an old Cardinal fan, so I'm sure he's heard Jack Buck say that a few times over the years. Uh, it is, it's never good 
to get off to that start, but it is a rebuilding situation. Kind of knew that going in, and we'll see if they can get a big win over Mississippi College. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back. Footnotes on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome. Back to footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Before we get to our special guest, let me remind you about 13th Gate Giveaway. If you are a fan of Haunted House, you could win VIP tickets to the legendary Haunted House attraction where you can scream and scream and scream. First, you have to register for the game clubhouse, and if you do, you could win a pair of tickets at 13th Gate courtesy of Midnight Productions by registering if you go to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, 1041thegame.com. The um, 13th Gate giveaway, again, thanks to Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right. Bobby Nova is here. And we're going to talk about several things. But first, let's get down to business because sometimes when I get a little too carried away with baseball talk or football talk, then we forget about the business at hand. So first of all, before we get to baseball and football, uh, Mr. Bobby, tell us about why you're here and, and, and what we're talking about. We're talking about the uh, Louisiana Ranger Cajun softball team annual golf, the golf tournament, which will be on um, Monday, October 10th, Columbus Day. At the Wetlands here in Lafayette. It's our annual golf tournament fundraising event and uh, excited about that. So I just want to come in and visit with you for a little bit. And so tell people, first of all, if you want to get in, if you want to get involved, if you're not already, how do you get involved? And also explain to people, like, what is the purpose of this? What, what, how, how does this work? First of all, the purpose is, is to supplement the, the budget, you know, um, the extras, the you know travel expenses, travel expenses uh, equipment. You know, Coach Glasgow may want a new pitching machine or you know, whatever. Yeah, it's uh, it covers the extras and uh, kind of gives the, the 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 program a little bit more money to operate with. Is basically what it is. And you've been running this for how long? First one I did was 2007, and you know you say running it. You know we've got a amazing group of volunteers that have kind of been with us since day one and it, it's actually you know it's pretty easy i'll just call so and so and say are you, you willing to do what you did the last 10 years they say yes and so you know everybody knows their role and it runs pretty smooth well back in 2007 i was still calling the saints former head coach casper the game management nightmare ghost so now he's <laughs> casper the quitter so that was a long time ago yeah, casper the quitter he's something <laughs> You know, right. do you stay awake up and you stay awake at night making up nicknames? No, it just kind of comes, comes to, to me. me. It just kind of yeah. comes that to me. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> All right, so uh, how does someone get involved in this? Well, you know, you can go. We, we've got different levels of, of sponsorships. You've got 
title sponsorship and or you know a team sponsorship, which is a four-person team, that's six hundred dollars. And uh, you can also sign up as an individual golfer for one hundred and fifty dollars. If uh, if you don't have a team and you want to play, just sign up as an individual golfer. We'll find you a team uh, to play with. And uh, we also sell tee box signs, those yard signs right. that we put on the tee boxes. Those are $150. So uh, a lot of different ways to get involved and to uh, help support the program. And so, you know, uh, we've, we've, we've got a, uh, a registration brochure that you can get by going to uh, RagingCajuns.com, go to the softball page and click on the links button. And the uh, the flyer, the brochure will be there. Uh, also, Facebook and Twitter, uh, Twitter, Raging Cajun Softball. You can find the link to the uh, the flyer there. You can also email me at b n e v e a u x one four two zero at gmail dot com, or you can email softball at louisiana dot edu. If you have any questions, we'll be happy to get back in touch with you and uh, get you signed up. So. All right, so if someone plays golf like me and you and they want to still in, be involved, how do they do this? Well, they just sign up as an individual, you know. It, yeah. You just uh, – it goes by handicaps, you right. know. And uh, so sign up, you know, don't worry about what kind of golfer you're on. You can come out. We've got – Kevin, we're going to feed you when you when you register. Uh-huh. We're going to feed you at two or three different locations on the course. We're going to feed you at the end of the tournament in the clubhouse once again and uh i like that part drinks yeah you need to come out and uh you know you can you and i can make a round in a golf cart and uh, yeah you can test out all the food and maybe we can have a make contest sure it's good yeah you can be the judge <laughs> i'm good at that <laughs> yeah. i'm good at that for so, sure so uh you know it's a it's a fun day and we've got all kind of different things going on kevin you know we've got walker first turning scott is sponsoring a hole in one uh contest on uh hole number 13 if you hit a hole in one, you win an ATV. So that's another neat thing. And then uh, Corinne Vonche, who was the uh, shortstop on the 2014 World Series team, she uh, I, I practiced saying this word all night last night. Okay. Uh, charcuterie, charcuterie boards. She does charcuterie boards. It's meat and cheeses and different things like that. And uh, so she's going to come out and she's going to visit and. Uh, with some of the volunteers that are not playing, and maybe if some of the golfers' wives want to come and join, she'll do the she'll do a, a charcuterie board exhibition. All right, so Hannah's going to help us with this. Are you familiar with this? Yes. I have no idea it's, what he's talking about. It's called a charcuterie board. So instead of the ch, like a, a ch, it's a sh, like so a you, shark. Charcuterie so the board. cu is, is silent. <laughs> yeah. So I practiced all That's night for nothing. Is what you tell me. <laughs> I was trying to hold back and see if I was going to say it or not, let you know after the second. <laughs> but anyway, Corinne, Corinne's involved with that, and then she's going to come out and do a little uh, exhibit. And uh, we got, you know, we have a silent auction, a lot of different things going on. Uh, registration begins at 11.30, and we tee off at 1 o'clock. And what's the deadline to register? Uh, really, uh, you know, if, if we're not full up, you can register the day of the tournament. Right. But, uh, you know. Uh, normally, normally by the Thursday or Friday before we we get to a point where we, we're pretty full. Again, this is Monday, October the tenth. Um, benefit Cajun softball. Speaking of Cajun softball, I, I'm so involved in football. I never really get much involved in fall, but the fall season's not that far away, huh? No, not far away. They start team practice next Wednesday. I think they've got a a window in the fall where they can do team practices. They've been doing. 
uh, individual work since uh, the semester started uh, in, in late August. So uh, a lot of a lot of work going on out there. A lot of the girls doing a lot of work on their own. And like I said, Wednesday they'll start team practices. They'll have some inter inter squad scrimmages, and I think they're gonna play. Uh, they're gonna play McNeese, Northwestern State, and LSU Eunice, if I'm not mistaken, outside competition during the fall. Well, and all those games are going to be at, at, at Lampson Park. It's always fun when they play McNeese. Yeah, always. I like competitive, yeah, yeah. Very and, competitive. And McNeese always is very competitive. All right, so you are a Yankee fan, lifelong Yankee fan, like I'm a lifelong Astro fan, and you watch as many games as you possibly can, and you go through the ups and downs of the season. Are you feeling a little better? Oh, I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> Feeling a lot better than I did at the end of August, you yeah. know. Starting to get some some healthy some healthy people back. My main concern right now is the bullpen. It, uh, you know, you got we got twelve games left and they haven't figured out the bullpen yet. Of course, Zach Britton's back. Um, they activated him yesterday. Uh, not <coughs> did sure. Did he what pitch? We, he did not pitch last night. Not sure what we're going to get out of Britton, and uh, they got to get the bullpen straightened out. Not even sure we have a closer. So. E. Frost uh, came back last night, also. So, uh, but but my question is: Did I've been hearing about this center fielder that's that's like Willie Mays in center? I love field. this. I love this cat. <laughs> this cat. Tell has played, me about him. Listen, he he's fat. It, the only thing that's keeping him from being a five-two player is power. He's you know he's not he's not a a big home run hitter, but he's a good contact you know hitter and. He doesn't strike so out like much. Him. I love him. And how much has he played? I love him. He's played the last three nights. He has six RBIs in three games. Aaron Hicks has six RBIs since July 30th. <laughs> so I think he may be a little bit of an upgrade there. He's talking about Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader. Bader. I love that cat. Well, the thing that was that's so tough is you traded one of the guys in your rotation, Montgomery, for him, and then he didn't play for how long? Like over a month. Since August second. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, he had played got him in, in the trade. two months. Tuesday was his first game. He he had a foot injury, plantar fasciitis, or whatever that is. But um, I tell my finally, wife I have that, and she don't believe me. She don't believe you? No. <laughs> if you have it, she would believe you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's. I get this this pain in my foot all the but time. She, she it, probably hasn't had to carry you yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, that 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 has not happened. So. <laughs> Has, is he? He's one of these cats that dies all over the place, huh? Yeah, but I haven't. You know, I've watched all three games that he's played. He hasn't had to dive yet, but he's got a really, really good arm, and uh, he's just, you know, he's a Gold Glove center fielder. He's uh, one of the best center fielders in the game. He really is. So you like him? I love him. I don't like him. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <coughs> but we you, we discussed on our trip to Norman, Oklahoma, uh, the difference between yeah, between liking and, and loving. Love. Yeah, it yeah. makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. No, no question. All right, so you are also support the Cajun football team and the Saints football team. There's been ups and downs. You're a little more patient than a lot of um, fans um, in general. So, what have you seen so far from those two? From those two. Um, Got to be more consistent, both Cajuns and the Saints. Uh, if they can get some consistency on offense, I think both teams' offensive lines uh, struggling a little bit. Yeah. So that's uh, an area that both teams probably need to uh, 
to get some things figured out and uh hopefully Jameis Winston can uh you know can fight through those uh that back injury and and, and play at a level that is going to take for the Saints to win some games I think Kamara coming back hopefully I mean hopefully. that should help you know and, yesterday it looks like everybody's practicing this week like Eight or nine of them were limited, limited yesterday, yeah, but, but they at least practiced. At least practiced. I don't uh, – the Arnolds, they only had like two or three on their report. Yeah, yeah. So The other teams are always healthier. I know you love Adebo. Hopefully he'll get to play this week. And uh, and Kamara, get those two guys back. That's, that should be huge for the Saints. And in a, in a game that really they should win. Well, they need to win. But, again, it's still early in the season and – you just you just never know what turnovers can do. I I just think it's important that a D, that the, if a Debo plays and can be himself, you'll have two cover corners, and that allows Roby to play in the middle where he's more comfortable. Right. And I, I just think it's gonna make the, the whole it's gonna make the pass rush better if the if the coverage is better. Absolutely, I agree with that. And uh, you know, uh, I think the running backs did a much better job of picking up the blitz last week and. Hopefully that's something they're going to continue to uh, to improve with to kind of help the offensive line slow down the uh, the opposing pass rush. Now, are you making a trip to Monroe? Or are you you gonna? No, no, I'm not making it. We have a we having a big never family reunion. Uh-oh. Uh oh. When today's you Friday. Cooking? No, no, I'm not cooking. No. Well, that's a, somebody made a mistake. Well, everybody's just kind of bringing a little bit. Oh, okay, so, I got you. So we can hang around and visit. Right, and, I got you. You know, a lot Pot of cousins. Luck. Yeah, a lot of cousins I haven't seen in, in uh, you know, a lot of years. So, uh, no, I'm not going to make the trip well, to that's, Monroe. Well, that's going to be great fun. Yeah, great I fun. think so. I, I think so. I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> All right. So, before I let you go, <clears throat> you're also an expert, obviously, on Cajun softball. So, I know it's very early. You know, the season don't start till February. But give us a few kind of early thoughts about this Cajun softball team. Uh, a lot of depth. A lot of speed. And... Uh, you know, if Land with Landry, Samantha Landry and Kendra Lamb, who you know had had surgery uh, earlier at the beginning of the semester, and and then um, Megan Shorman, those three pitchers, and then we got a left-handed freshman that looks pretty good, Clory uh, Ria Soto, I think is her name, and then uh, Taylor uh, Tyler Oob, who was a redshirt freshman last year. She's uh, you know, she's had a pretty nice fall so far, so. It looks like we're gonna have a deep pitching staff, and a lot of depth. Uh, you know, we got we got we too deep at almost every position, every uh, every every position. You know, other than pitcher, and uh, I, I think the Cajuns are looking at uh, the possibility of having another outstanding season. Going to be very competitive. Going to have a really competitive schedule. You know, that tournament in Clearwater, and right. Uh, you know, go to a tournament at Texas, and we go to. Uh, I think we go. I'm not sure if it's a tournament at Florida or a three-game series. Is there another Florida. Marco Polo voyage? Uh, yeah, well, I tell you. <laughs> well, it's not as bad as last year. <laughs> but uh, but in the uh, uh, spring break, I think I think we're going to play Baylor, Louisiana Tech, and uh, Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken. The schedule's not official yet; it hadn't come out yet. Yeah, but that's kind of some of. Uh, what I, you know, what I've, what I've kind of seen, and right. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a very competitive schedule. Um, looking for another great year, and uh, you know, Coach Glasgow, how intense like that cat is, <laughs> uh, the, and the girl, like you know, 
Uh, team practice starts Wednesday, and uh, we get a better idea of what we're looking at once that begins. All right. Well, Bob, we always appreciate you coming by. And um, before you go, uh, let people need to know what they need, or let people know what they need to know if they want to get involved in the UL golf tournament benefit in the softball program. Monday, October 10th, Columbus Day at the Wetlands Golf Course. Registration at 1130. We're going to tee off at 1. Uh, many different types of uh, sponsorships available. And to get the uh, the brochure and all the information you need to sign up, you can go to RagingCajuns.com, go to the softball page and the links button. Also, you can find the uh, the uh, the brochure on Facebook and Twitter, Raging Cajun Softball. Or you can email me, B-N-E-V-E-A-U-X-1420 at gmail.com, or you can email softball at louisiana.edu, and we will get back in touch with you and make sure you get signed up. And uh, looking for a great day of fun, golf, food, drinks, a lot of different things going on. You in charge of the weather, or who is? Uh, normally, I take charge of that. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Bobby Nova, always appreciated uh, talking sports with him and um, certainly look forward to them having a big successful day. All these kind of tournaments are important for the programs as they move forward. And, um, you know, you got to you got to there's a lot of expenses in running a Division one softball program, baseball, all the different sports. Thank you very much, Bobby. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll see you soon, buddy. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros and and listening to Bobby talk about Harrison Bader it's just it's just there's so many things it just reminded me there's so many things that go into a baseball season obviously they play way 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 more games than football teams do and basketball teams do and hockey teams do uh Tom was a hockey guy I've never gotten into hockey but I understand supporting the team and and um there's just a, there's just so many different ups and downs and waiting and waiting and then sometimes the wait is worth it and sometimes you wait and wait and wait and the guy shows up and he's terrible. But sounds like Harrison Bader uh, has done you know kind of showed Yankee fans why they made the trade. Kind of I guess they're gonna be a little nicer, <laughs> maybe, kinda. To Cashman, at least maybe they can kind of see what he saw, though I don't know that a lot of them agree with straighten the starting pitcher for a center fielder. But Aaron Hicks has been so bad and so in such a slump, they just, you know, kind of felt like they needed uh, to make a move. And, you know, we'll see. Might be the spark they need uh, the rest of the way. So we'll see what the, the Yankees do. But it's just, you know, like the Astros, they – Pena started out the season so hot, and then he went in this long, long slump, and he's been – looks like he's kind of – he's had some hits lately, and he he looks a little better. Uh, my biggest concern there, and we'll probably talk with Michael Schwab about this the next time next week when he's on, but I still have the memory. A lot of young hitters, when they have their first postseason, does not go well. Let's face it, a lot of veterans, when they get into the postseason – 
That's not go well. It, it's just hitting in the postseason, hitting in the regular season. It's just it's just not the same thing. It's very different. And I remember El Pedro Grande's first postseason. He just struck out like every time he was at bat. Just about. I mean, he he had no chance to get a hit. None. And he had just come off this fabulous rookie of the year regular season. But uh, postseason is just very very different. And so. Uh, who knows what 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 Pena is going to do? And um, it postseason baseball is just it's just own different. You know, I I think bullpen. It's obviously important to get good starting pitching, but you got to get those big hits, and you just never know if they're going to come. It, you know, I just look the Astros are looking great right now, but who knows who who knows what's going to happen right now? They got to figure out they, how to beat the Orioles because they haven't done very much of that this year uh, beat the Orioles or, you know, since, you know, in that last series that they played getting swept at home last year as well. So I know um, Mariner fans and Blue Jay fans and, and Rays fans who feel good about their position, but just trying just to alleviate themselves from a little nerves or sure hoping the Astros can figure out how to beat the Orioles. We'll see how that plays out. All right. That'll do it for the first hour. Again, we, we're going to be speaking with um, <clears throat> two more special guests at about 10.15, Lionel Vital, and then Gerald Broussard previewing the Cajuns game against ULM. One more hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch a simulcast on Stadium 32.3 or 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. All right. This is the time if you would like to call to utilize that number. After that, we'll be doing lots of interviews, so if you would like to get in, talk high school football, Major League Baseball, Cajuns, Tigers, Saints, whatever you'd like. Uh, McNeese, we talked to their play-by-play uh, man, Tom Hafer, and got a chance to meet him earlier today. And so any of those thoughts, any of those teams you'd like to discuss, certainly feel free to do so now. I wanted to uh, – we mentioned a little bit earlier, but again, it is high school football day, and so – Got lots of uh, games to, to 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 cover, and one of them, or two of them, I, I just mentioned without being specific. So, the St. Landry Parish game of the week, which can be heard on News Talk ninety eight five FM, is Eunice at Northwest, and you know Eunice last week found out what Avoyles is all about. That's a whole different animal that that Avoyles team. That, that Coach Dane Chaponche told you all about when we had him on. Very different brand of football. And not the same brand, but Northwest is similar type approach in that, you know, former Eunice High assistant coach Kurt Ware is now the offensive coordinator for, for Coach Edwards at, at Northwest. And he brought the wing T there. And the wing T, you know, they don't go for it on fourth down every time or anything like that. But the wing T is a ball control offense <clears throat> for the most part. And so 
very similar in that they're trying to control the ball, and so that's a nice matchup. Eunice against Northwest and the Vermeer Parish game of the week, which you can hear on 106.3 Radio Lafayette, is another nice one. Vermeer Catholic and Erath, and Vermeer Catholics probably gets talked about outside their school and their fans, least above any of the really good teams are off to the best starts in the Acadiana area. Erath, uh, good solid program, struggling a little bit more with the passing game, had to lean on the running game uh, in its last uh, win, and, and it worked. But that's a nice, two really nice matchups for me in Parish Game of the Week. Uh, VC at Erath and in the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week, uh, Eunice and Northwest, so should be some um, some some fun games tonight that our guys are going to be covering around the Acadiana area. So let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. 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 Yes, uh, Kevin, this is Drew. Yes, sir. I just want to uh, remind you, I, I, I caught uh, your list of all the games in the parish this week, but Ascension Episcopal is playing at Brobridge. And I, I don't, I didn't hear y'all mention that game. I just wanted to bring it to y'all attention. Right. Uh, you know, um, thank you for doing that. Ascension Episcopal kind of, kind of, you know, they've had a tough early season schedule and this is one more game that's going to be challenging for them. They are really putting up some big time numbers offensively. It's just a matter of playing defense and we'll see what they do against Brobridge who, which has not scored a lot of points this year. You know, Brobridge is, one win, I think they won like thirteen to six, if I remember something like that. So uh, Ascension should that that should be a uh, I think a pretty competitive game tonight because uh, they've been putting up some points and Brobridge doesn't score a lot of points, and so we'll see how that game goes. Okay, and just as a as a like I said, one of the reasons I called is try to remember to include them when you when you list the games for the Paris because I sometimes feel like we get a. a not a snub, but an overlook a lot. Right, and we, had, Co- we had Coach Heron on, and um, certainly we'll try to do that. Yes, sir. Okay, thank you for All right. Bye-bye. Um, now, understand that w- part of maybe what, 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 the last, what Drew, when, I was, when I'm going down the schools that we're covering, I'm talking about the, fam- the games that we're covering yeah. on Delta Media Station earlier. Yes, there when, definitely is more games in Acadiana. Yeah. This is just the ones that we cover locally on yeah, our station. Yeah, I stations. was just mentioning the games, yeah, that we cover. You know, Can- Karen Crow's on our family of stations. Um, and, you know, like I didn't mention Como, just to, just to, to be clear on, on all. I didn't mention Como either because they're not on our family of stations and they're not – they're not one of the what I was saying. One of the kind of games of the week, but no, certainly we try to include um, schools, and, and we have we've had Coach Heron on twice interviewing mm-hmm. him. So uh, certainly want to f- continue to follow the, the the Blue Gators as well. Um, and that's a game where I think they're going to do m- much better in their district. The Blue Gators than than they did in 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 the preseason, but you know you just want to you got to make sure you're healthy enough and you've got enough confidence through once you get finished playing your non district schedule before you, uh, you 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 get into district play and we'll see how 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 that plays out. Uh, anybody else? We have a few more minutes. If you would like to get in before we take a timeout and and bring on Lionel Vidal to talk about. 
the NFL and get his thoughts on things going on there. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. We are in the, you know, I've been saying we're kind of in the preseason mode, and high schools might, some teams might still be in that mode, but folks, next week is week five of high school football. Like, this is week four. Once once today's games are over, next week we're going to be at midseason, week five already. And, you know, the Saints have only played two games. High school football is fixing to be in week five. So it's um it's kind of, in some ways, it, it, it's it's kind of flying by. I don't, I don't, I think most of the team, most of the games is going about like we thought. Um, there are certain teams that are just, you know, flying high and, and doing tremendous, and then we'll see how they do down the road. You know, got a chance to talk to Coach Antoine at, at Westgate earlier this week, and, you know, they've got an offense full of sophomores. They've got just tons of new starters, and and they're kind of more pacing themselves, just trying to get as much playing time, as much experience, as much consistency as they can get. I mean, again, we're talking about the defending class 4A state champion, Westgate Tigers. And and yet their district, um, they lost Karen Crow to District 35A, but they brought in LCA. So, I mean, you know, that it, it doesn't make it. I mean, it, it's a little bit different of a challenge, but still a really, really big challenge. And so uh, Turlings looks like it might be a little better than they were last year. Turlings is playing very well. They're undefeated. They play at Notre Dame tonight. Um, and so that that that's one of the teams we're just kind of see. St. Martinville got off to a slow start. They got their first win. But, again, some of it's who you play. Like St. Martinville made it to the semifinals last year in Class 3A. Well, they started out 0-2, but they lost to good teams. Um in, they lost 35-33 to Cecilia. They lost to Notre Dame. They got a win, and now they got to play Westgate, who's the defending 4A state champion. So, you know, they might be. If they don't win tonight, which is very possible, uh, they could be 1-3. But, I mean, you know, they've lost to just really good programs. So it is um, be interesting to see how, how, how um, some of these teams that have tough schedules, how they finish their seasons. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Talk to our friend, the FedEx man. Hello. Good morning, Foot. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. Trying to a big game Sunday. Big game Sunday. Well, you know, uh, both our baseball teams are losing games right now, and I guess that's a good thing, huh? Well, that, yeah, Astros have been playing well, but they lost last night. Did did, did, did your team lose again? I didn't... They lost again. I'm good, but I need to follow them losses right now. I'm oh no, yeah, you, you need some losses. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to no win too many I games. I want less records as I can get right now. I don't want I, to all win. I agree. Games. That ain't no good. I agree. That's yeah, true. You, Kevin, let's talk about a game. I think nobody's college, nobody's talking about. But let me tell you something. James Madison is going to act. James Madison's going to kick that foot. James Madison's better than a lot of people who aren't familiar with them thinks they are. I agree with you. I've been playing an emotional roller coaster for the last three weeks. You can't have no more. You can't have nothing left in the tank for the when it comes to emotion after what they've been through. Yes. See, nobody's talking about these cats, the Dukes. <laughs> nobody's talking about them, and they're thinking they're a little team coming up. They're 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 up about ten years. What what I was ten years ago. And let me tell you something, I better worry about them teams. Because what the spread, seven points, man, you don't even take that. You can take the money line on that. James Madison is 
win that game. It would not surprise me. Uh, again, I think James Madison's uh, is pretty good. I was surprised that they won't, that the coaches did not pick them higher to finish higher in the preseason poll. Not that preseason polls mean anything, but I was still a little surprised. So I, I'm with you. I think I think you're right on the mark there. Right. You know, and Kevin, you know, going back to uh, uh, the uh, NFL, you know, uh, you know, both both our teams are kind of skittish right now, but. I do believe, you know, I've gone through this with the preseason without McVay playing starters for like three or four years, and all them years, it's always just trying to get their feet under them. I'm just worried about the beginning of the season. Now, I still might have problems. I just don't know. But the thing is, you when you do not play your starters at all, it is so hard to judge what your team is at the beginning of the season. I agree. Um, I, mean, I hate it, but it's true. You're right. You're right. And it's- I and if people don't realize that they're really missing the they're really missing the ball on that, they just they don't understand. You know, I mean, uh, and, you know, and, and going back to Buffalo, Buffalo reminds me of the Rams when the year the Rams, the, the, the Saints and the Rams met in the uh, championship game. That all the hubbub was about the Rams and how good they were. Like it's the same thing about the, the Bills and how good they are. And when you when you carry that all year long, it brings a certain amount of pressure with you all year That's long. True. And I'm interested to see how they handle it. I'm not saying they're not good. I believe they're really good. They're, the, they're definitely the most talented team in the NFL. But do you think their quarterback in their team is going to be able to handle that pressure all year long, Kevin? Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I, my thing about them is I still think at some point you have to be able to run the football. And I just don't trust their running game. But uh, So we'll see how their running game does when it gets to December and, and January. But, boy, they're, I, I, I like having their quarterback in fantasy. I can tell you that much. I bet you do, buddy. You have a good weekend. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Let's get one more call in before we get uh, time out and uh, get Mr. Vital on. Hello. You're on the game. Kevin, what's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. We're already all into football season now. I hadn't called in a little while. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so what you think about the season so far? Oh, I, I, right. if I win Sunday, I, I, I'm 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 going to be okay. But I got to win Sunday. If not, if I yeah. you know, if, Sunday's a big one. Yeah, I know, big one for me too. So we'll see what happens, and then we go to London, huh? Then go to London, and we haven't talked enough about this. We'll do this um, later, but uh, you know, th- th- this is uh, very similar to 2017 season. So we'll see how um, how the Saints yeah. do. Yeah. Well. Um, Ravens, Ravens fan made a good point there uh, the other day calling in about like uh, four minutes to go. You're up by 10 points. Why Why you snapping the ball with like 12, 14, 15 seconds left? You know, you should bring it down a little lower. Try to work that clock into your advantage. I've, I've noticed that over the years, it, so it's just frustrating. It is. It's a, ama- uh, a lot of fans don't pay attention to that, and a lot of times I don't even pay attention to it, but it, it, it is a great point to bring up that – uh, it's yeah, part of game uh, management, uh, no question. The only thing I can see is why they don't bring it down to three or two. It's like you know you're letting the defense know to be teed off, you know. Right. I guess so. You're kind of making them still wonder when you're going to snap the ball. Maybe that'd be a good question for Vital, though. I mean, you know, uh, he's been in the NFL, like you said, and involved in all that. But I guess that's all I got. And uh, good luck Sunday and. Tell uh, Tyron Matthew to eat his Wheaties because, man, he's been getting run over two weekends in a row. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, no, no, well, I mean, he, 
He he has had a couple, uh, but overall, I think he's done okay. We just need the team to run the ball, I think, and, and keep stopping the run like they did last week. I think they'll be okay. It's good hearing from okay. you again. You have a nice yeah. weekend. Go, go, go Westgate Tigers, go Cajuns, and go Vikes. All right. Thank you for the call. We'll take a timeout, come back, and uh, get connected with Lionel Vitale. Next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you about the game clubhouse. If you have not joined yet, you need to do so by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. If you do, you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, Cypress Bayou, or $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or perhaps a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, all kind of other great prizes. Again, the Game Clubhouse, you have to join to be eligible for all these prizes, and you can do so by going to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. All right, we're having trouble getting connected, and if it doesn't happen, we'll try again another day. But I do want to – I didn't want to mention – Um. Something that I didn't think of, but someone, a friend of mine, brought it to my attention. It's kind of uncanny. Kind of is. 2017. And for those of you, you know, again, so many of you. I had someone on Twitter during Sunday. Oh, you're so negative. And I'm just like, you know, it's funny that people think that. Um, but I'm, I mean, anybody who's around me who's ever heard me, to I am the most pretty close like my brother-in-law tells me all the time how, how, he, he'll say how good you think i'm gonna be and i always think we're gonna be really good and he's like oh you say that every year <laughs> you, you always say that um my wife's like oh i think this, this could be the year oh you say that every year it's not gonna be the year um but in 2017 remember the saints had come off of three straight seven win seasons but i i told everyone who would listen that that third seven win season in 2016 was not earned. It was just had some bad breaks, some bad calls, but 2016 wasn't as bad as 2019 when the Saints totally got cheated. There were a few games where they they got cheated, but a lot of it was just bad breaks. It was just it was just one of those years where they should have won about 11 games, but they ended up only winning 7. So, uh I was really Fired up, excited about the 2017 season. Big, big, big hopes for the team. Well, the first game, they played the Vikings and and got crushed 29-19. And then they played the Patriots at home, Tom Brady, at home in the Dome, very similar to last week, and got beat 36-20. Now, that was a totally different kind of game than the game was just played, but it was Tom Brady in the Dome. Now, the Saints aren't 0-2, they're 1-1, but they've played two bad games. There's no arguing. For the most part, they played... Two bad games, two disappointing performances in a lot of ways. And so you're thinking, well, are you as good as you think you are? Well, interestingly enough, the Saints' third game that year was in Orneville. And the Saints this year play in Orneville on Sunday. Uh, The Saints, by the way, won that game 34-13. I didn't really remember the exact score. But it's funny because when our friend Mark called yesterday, he asked me what I wanted. And I... And how I wanted to win, like he always does. And 
I said I'd like to win by a score of 31-13. If you remember, if you were listening yesterday, I said that. The score of this game, which I didn't remember until I looked it up, uh, after I said that was 34-13. to Very, very, very similar. That week three game in 2017 in Orneville. And, um, and then that year, if you remember, the Saints went to London to play a game. And what are they doing this game? The next week, they're going to be going to London. Now, that year, they played the Dolphins, and they won 20 to, to nothing. And this year, they're going to be playing the Vikings. But a lot of similarities there. And, I, you know, when he said that, I'm like, yeah, you know he's right. And then I kind of looked up some of the details, and I'm like, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very similar. Now, if you remember, the Saints went on to win, what, 11 games that year? and won a playoff game and then uh, went to Minnesota and got beat and in just, you know, the Minneapolis miracle. We don't want to talk about that. It was in heartbreaking, typical Viking break-your-heart fashion. But uh, it was um, still a really nice season, and the team turned out to be as good as I thought they were going to be, even though those first two games, and once again, defensively, you know, for, for the first two games, it looked like the defense had never played football before. Like, they were horrible. They were in preseason mode. And in that week, that in week three, they kind of came out of it. And in week four, they tossed a shutout. The defense was dominant. That wasn't, that wasn't a really good Miami football offense, don't get me wrong. But still, it's the NFL when they shut them out and, and, and gave up 13 points after looking like they had never played football before the first two weeks of that season. And so again, when when I keep saying preseason mode, preseason mode, there's it's not the same for every team. It's not the same amount of games for every team. Obviously, the Bills don't look like they're in preseason mode right now. They're they're playing at a different level than everybody else. But that level's going to be going to that that distance between the level the Bills are playing at right now and the level just about everybody else is playing, or at least the other really good teams in this league, that 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 gap is huge. But by midseason, it's going to be shrunk. By the end of the year, it's going to be – they're going to pretty much have caught up with them. Like, it's just it's just different because most a lot most teams are in preseason mode right now. And, again, that 2017 example that we brought up, Two weeks of looking just as bad as you can look, especially on the defensive side of the football. And then all of a sudden, they started playing well. It was like they had to get their preseason games out the way. So we'll see if we'll see if um, we'll, we'll see if the Saints, if it's going to be two games, three games, four games, and or we'll just be wrong. <laughs> it's just. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I, I think it's critical that um, it's critical that the Saints run the football, and and they don't want to. Um, they don't. And, and again, like I said earlier, it, perhaps they'll be able to get some hit some down the field um, plays in time. But I think the number one thing is to, is, is is to run the football. Look, I'm sure many of the things that we've said this week that fans are upset about, that Luke and I talked about yesterday, I'm sure many of those things um, 
the the coaches and the players are going to mention a lot of that too. Now they know they have a better idea as to why it didn't happen last week more than we know why it didn't happen last week. But um, still, I, I would think it, w- it would be nice to see more of the underneath stuff. I think that's going to happen a little more, but we'll see. Now, the other thing that I that I want to do this year, and I didn't do it last week, but that's okay because we're going to be playing the Yucks again. That's a division team. Um, is mentioned the t- my my three top wins and three most agonizing losses in this series. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when the Saints played the Falcons. I really had trouble coming up with, with three wins. It was easy to come up with the losses for the Falcons. Not that, you know, a lot of the wins were like, you know, anytime you beat the, anyone, it's a great win. If you beat a division team, it's a great win. But, boy, there was, there's some wins over the – it was not hard to come up with some win, memorable wins against the Arnolds. I think the hate factor is a little there, a little more. But um, the and I, I really have more than three. But again, I'm going to cheat and combine two. One of the ones that I certainly remember is October 14, 2001. Saints are, you know, they had made the playoffs and won the first playoff game the year before. Ricky was kind of playing his best football since the Saints drafted him. And it came down to the last play of the game. And the Saints were trailing. And the Saints were on the one-yard line. So they had one play. And they either lose the game or win the game. And they basically pitched it to Ricky. And he ran to the left corner and beat everyone on Arnold's to the corner. And the Saints won the game 27-25. Great victory. October fourteenth, two 2001. The other two... I'm going to l- l- kind of lob as one. This is around Katrina time. The, the, if you remember the last game of the 2004 season, um, it was a deal where the winner of the game between the Saints and the Ornals could make the playoffs if one other team won. And that team was playing a later game. And the Saints and Ornals were playing in Ornaville at at, at, uh, at noon. Well, the Saints won 21-18. That, and then I think it was the Jets that had to win, and Pennington blew it. He, they had the game won, and they lost in overtime. Saints should have made the playoffs that year, but they they, they botched it. Uh, but again, it was a mano a mano, and the Saints won the game. Well, then in that off before they played again, the Katrina happened, and the first game after Katrina, the Saints were in Ornaville again. And if you remember, they kicked a field goal to win 23-20. So that, they actually beat them in back-to-back games, both games in Orneville. So I'm kind of combining those two. It was the end of one season, the first game of the other season. And, of course, that Katrina season was terrible. But that one game that day w- w- was tremendous. The Saints have won 10 of the last 13 against the Ornals and now lead the all-time series 29-26. It should be 31-24 because twice, and you could argue three times, stupid NFL playing division games at the end. The Saints had played twice where they didn't play their starting quarterback because they already had their playoff seed wrapped up and gave two gift victories for the Arnolds. But the other game I'm going to mention is in 2000, um, 
17, that 17th season we were just talking about, the Saints swept the Arnolds in the regular season and played them again in the playoffs. And in that playoff game on January 7th, 2018, the Saints won 31-26 over the Arnolds to complete the three-game sweep and then earn a right to play the Vikings. And then, you know, we know what happened in, at the end of that game. But but still, at the time, it was, it, it was a great to complete the season sweep of of the Vikings there and so I mean of, of the Arnold so it was a it was a great by the way if for those of you who don't know the the Benedict Arnolds is the nickname I give the Carolina Panthers and some people think it has to do with Jake but that is wrong it has nothing to do with Jake when 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 I I started calling the Carolina Panthers the um the Benedict Arnolds way back when they came into existence Jake was either like a senior at Turlings or like a, you know, in his first year or two, somewhere right in there, either at UL or at Turlings when, when all that went down. And, um, you know, the, the, they came into existence. And I'm, am I a little bitter? Yeah. You know, the franchise, the, 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 the teams like the Jaguars coming in and, and the Arnolds coming in, they had a way bigger advantage than when the fran- the the expansion franchise of the 60s like the Saints and the Falcons and all those teams that came in in the 60s they had that was have and have not i mean they they set them up pretty to come in and win um and that's why both of them had success so immediately and oh man they praised them and praised them well let's let's have them have the same situation the Saints and all these teams had in the 60s that came in very two totally different animals Two um, totally different animals. So as far as the three losses, I'm going to say that very first one, lost 20-3, to three, was sickening to hear uh, back in 95. So Jake would have definitely been at a UL by then. Um, October 26, 2003, uh, the Arnolds won 23-20 in overtime. Not one, not two, but three calls in that game. The, official, the NFL admitted it was wrong. And uh, Saints certainly got cheated in that game, a 23-20 loss in overtime in 03. They lost in 2008, 33-31, and in 2015-41-38. All losses to division teams are tough, but those are three that kind of stick out in my mind that eh, extra bitter about, especially that one. That, that, that there's no, there's, None of them are as, clo- as aggravating as that 2003 loss. 23-20 in overtime that should not have taken place had the officials done uh, made the proper call. So that was definitely far and away the most bitter loss at Arnold's, in my opinion, in sane history. All right, we will take a timeout, come back, try to get Gerald Broussard on, talk about the Cajuns' Sunbelt Conference opener, get his thoughts against ULM uh, Saturday at 7. Man. What is Monroe playing at seven for? I don't like that. But anyway, they didn't ask me. We'll take a timeout, talk Cajuns versus ULM, Sunbelt Conference opener with Gerald Broussard next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. All right, welcome back to Footnotes on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We have with us Gerald Broussard. How are you, sir? I'm doing good yourself. Oh, you know, I'm just pins and needles until we'll see what happens Sunday. 
Yeah, I'll say it again. You know, a lot of times when I say that it's just a continuation of a statement, I'm, I really, I'm not really that concerned in how you're doing. <laughs> right. But I'll, I'll, anyway, I'm just okay. I know, I know how you're doing. You're nuts, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, Cajuns, Monroe, uh, at in at ULM uh, on Saturday night, Sunbelt Conference opener. I um I I really don't know what to expect in this game for a lot of reasons. One is obviously two of ULM's first three games are against Texas and Alabama, so you can only kind of tell so much from that. And 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 two, the Cajuns, you know, we, we don't really know what to expect on offense because you know there's been a little bit of good, but a lot of not so good. Uh, do you have a good feeling about this matchup, or is it kind of hard to handicap in your mind? No, I, I, I really I don't have a good feeling uh, about it. I think that right now, I think it's 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 ULM, as you said. Uh, you know, you, you play Texas, you play Alabama, and you play Nichols, and so it, it's and, and nothing against Coach Rebo and Nichols, but but you know, it's not it, it, it you can't really get a gauge. It's kind of like. Kind of like Rice. I mean, Rice played USC and and then uh, McNeese, and McNeese turned it over a bunch. Yeah. You know? So yeah. didn't have a good gauge of them. Uh, I really even coming out of the game, I think that uh, you know Rice did Rice Rice executed what they they did well when their quarterback took care of the football. Um, but you know, it, it just I, talent wise, I, I think that that we we. I was not shocked by anything I saw uh, Saturday. In fact, even after the first couple of series against Rice, I felt better about the Cajuns' opportunity, just thinking that they would be able to turn it on. But when they never did offensively, um, that's concerning. And look, defensively, it just—it's hard to be successful all night when you play 42 of the 60 minutes on defense, right? And and it's, you got no help. You know, and, and and your special teams didn't help. You gave up a couple returns uh, that that were uncharacteristic returns too. So, uh, I, I I thought the defense showed uh, really good good signs of, of their ability to play. But no, it I I do not have a feel. I wish I did, but I do not have a feel for this Cajun offense at all. All right. So one of the things that concern I try to read when coaches talk, and so far, you know, I've known. Mike for quite a while because covered him at the high, covered him as an athlete and 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 as a high school coach, and so I have pro, you know I feel like he's a little more honest than most coaches that I've dealt with, and yet you you know they're never going to tell you everything you would like. But I, one of the things that he said this week in one of the press conferences that I'm like, hmm, I don't know about this is how unique the coverage schemes that Coach Koenig at, at ULM employs, especially against an offense with quarterbacks and an offense that's still trying to find their way. So give us a sense of what he's talking about with these unique coverages. And that sounds not, I don't know how good that sounds with the Cage's current offensive situation. Well, Coach Koenig, the defensive coordinator for, for ULM, is he's been in the league 100 years. I mean, he's been around, he's, he's, he's 
well-known, well-respected, uh, one of the old-school zone blitz guys. So he's going to give you a single high look, which means you're going to have one safety high, but, but then actually end up playing too deep, and then he'll give you a too deep look and then, and then wiggle one of them down low and then end up in what's called a robber. So he's, he's got no responsibility. It'll be a single high, end up in being single high look, but then you've got a safety that's looking to rob any underneath coverage stuff and any anything in the middle. Uh, then then he'll show you a true zone that plays zone, a zone that looks like zone and it's going to play man, man that will end up being man only to a certain point. And so you're going to get a variety of looks that you – it's just – um, there's always an indicator to kind of tip, but an experienced guy will see it and say, okay, yeah, that's what this is, that's what this is, and all that. An inexperienced guy, it could make you, your head swim. A lot of times what helps that is the ability to run the football. It's a good running game, and then, then the RPOs tend to help it a little bit when you can throw the, the snap screens, the quick screens, the bubbles, and stuff like that. Sometimes the RPOs down the field, you'll end up throwing into what you think is an open area, but then, like I mentioned, that robber guy will show up, and, and you you know, you know just didn't anticipate that. So, um, you know, it, I, I think if the kids are able to run the football and then give true movement play action, then it becomes a little simpler. If it becomes just a true throwing game, it could get confusing to them. You know, he – uh, running the football, we talked about it, and you just alluded to it, it, it is going to be important. Now, Coach, it looked like Jacob Kubote was for sure out. Uh, as of Wednesday, Coach Dez said, you know, probably still doubtful, but feel, look a whole lot better than they thought it, it looked after the game on Saturday. But whether Jacob plays or not, and I thought he's run pretty well the time that he's had the ball, they still have enough backs you know, I didn't think they ran the ball that poorly at Rice. They just didn't run it enough plays because they never had the football. Well, I think, and, and you're right, it was just a, they couldn't get anything going. And, look, the game started, Kev, you know, the game started, and, and the Cajuns had a chance to get a first down overcoming a, a first down overcoming ability. And, and the, if you're able to do that, and the I mean, the receiver wasn't able to make the catch, but if, but if you're able to do that, then you just don't know what happens with it. Just, some, you know, momentum and stuff like that. Rice started playing on the excitement, and, it, you know, it's one thing to go three and out. It's another thing to go three and out, then three and out, then three and out. Because right. now, all of a sudden, now you're really pressing. And, and, and yeah, the Cajuns have bats. I mean, I, and I do. I, I think Kabodi is somebody I'd like to see a little bit more of. I really like the way Draylon Washington's been coming in lately. But Terrence Williams has done some good things. And we know what Chris Smith can do, too. So, uh, But, look, it, it, you've got to do some things to run the football when, when as far as uh, – schematically and formation wise and and whether it be a true eye candy or not i mean they're they're it's it's hard just to line up and run the football on somebody if you don't do things to be able to set that up and, and i think that's the cajuns right now are showing little flashes of it but when you get people starting to stop you running it, then you got to take advantage of that in the throw game too. And then, you know, the one deep ball that Chandler threw, he tried to get the ball deep down the middle with a guy playing high safety back there. That was, I mean, that that was your receiver was going to have to bail you out on that one. But the Cajuns haven't been able to to have that that explosiveness that you know it makes it a lot easier to do when you can back people up because that helps you run the football too. And um uh, but I, I do think, though, that the running game, 
if you can throw it a little bit, the running game is going to just continue to get better. Um, the less ability you have to execute your throwing game, the harder it's going to be to to develop a running game. You know, it just seems like we use words like confidence and rhythm, that, that, that this passing game needs a little confidence and rhythm. And, you know, it's, I think it's hard to get that if you're constantly trying to go deep. Seem like they need to throw to tight ends or just complete a few passes underneath just to f- get a little confidence and rhythm. It's not so much about trying to go deep uh, right now. I mean, they, they, they'll get to that hopefully, but right now they just need some completions. No, I agree. I agree. And, and, and uh, I think that and, – and as that go, and you had some chances early against Rice. You just just wasn't able to get it done, and then you ended up pressing. And then, you know, Kev, you've seen enough football to know, and, and it's really in all sports. When you start, you know, because the first time the cases go three and out Saturday, is it going to be a here we go again? And then, look, the chances are they're going to go three and out at some point. You know, you just hope that they, uh, early in the game that they're able to get a first down or two and, and get things moving a little bit so you don't try woe is me and press. And, 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 you know, this is a situation that we haven't been here, been in in a while, you know, that, uh, you know, we've had some confidence towards the offense and what you're able to do or what the offense is going to be able to do. But, but you know, right now you're still growing. I think the schedule does set up for it, though, because, you know, we talked coming out of the Rice game. I still don't think that they were uh, that much. I don't think they were better in the cages. But but that was one that kind of got away. But this one, now you can go on the road. You, you've seen what it is to be on the road. You're going to go against an opponent that you're very familiar with and, and, and you know, have hopefully have a chance to come out with some success and then get ready for a, a big homecoming game against USA that's going to be a bit of a chore. But, you know, you, you want some good things to happen for you. And, and you know, sometimes it's as easy as, hey, Chandler, what, what do you like? What's your favorite? Who do you want to throw to? And then let, let's, let's set something up for you early and get you an easy plus. It's easier said than done at times, but, you know, sometimes it could be just as easy as that. The Warhawks are averaging two point something yards a carry. Now, again, they played Texas in in Alabama in two of their games. Do you see? Does do their running backs look better than those numbers show? No. I mean, they. But you know, when you when you have a two deep, that list seven deep at running back. That just tells me that they're, they're they're struggling to find a bell cow, right? And uh, and, and you know, so that I think, uh, and look, I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm just saying though that they haven't been able to have that guy, uh, you know. And right now, they they kind of are just that guy. I mean, if I, if I look at the whole list of them, the, the biggest running back that that they have is is in, in is is not the tallest, but he's the biggest. You, you've got he, he's he's five foot eight, two hundred one pounds. You know they they they've they've only got one guy that's six foot tall and he's 180 pounds, and so you know they just uh, they don't have the big back. They they they've got some speed and and some smaller guys and and that's um, you know uh, up front. I think they're trying to do some things up front and stuff, but but they just don't have that 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 pounder that big physical guy. Uh, but their quarterback can do it. Now their quarterback is very athletic and 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 uh, Channel Rogers is his name. Uh, and he, he's a good athlete. He's a good player. He's got some, some pop in his arm. He played some against the Cajuns last year. It's just Rich Rod was rotating his son and, and Chandler. And, and, you know, 
Winnipeg Daddy was going to play, so uh, the boy was getting most of the snaps in there. But, right. but uh, you know, I think that right now, I think Chandler is, is probably there. You know, the him and his ability to run kind of helped the running backs uh, play beyond really what they are. And, look, they might turn into to Barry Sanders Saturday night, I, but I'd be shocked. Right. All right, well, we'll see. I think we'll find out a lot more what the Cajuns are, you know, what they're going to be in this game, and uh, it'll be it'll be very interesting. I appreciate your time as always, sir. Thank you. You bet. We'll see you Saturday. All right, take care. Gerald Broussard, Cajuns color commentator, and uh, it is uh, – no, I think it's going to be a critical game, critical game for, for a lot of reasons, including the court of public opinion for the Cajuns. Saturday in Monroe. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You know, I was thinking as Gerald was talking, that word pressing. Uh, I, I, I think... We don't probably use that word in your job, in my job, you know, that are not like playing, like pressing probably is um, an example for me would be when I was interviewing earlier um, Tom Hafer and I wrote for some crazy reason Mike down. And so when I went to say his name, I was thinking in my mind, wait a minute. His name's not Mike, it's Tom. So for those two seconds, I was pressing. You know, that, you know we talk about when things don't go well and you're three and out, you're pressing. So I was trying to, you know, I think that does happen. And, and you know, the Cajuns really need to get off to an offensive start, a good offensive start offensively in this game because they will be pressing. Not just players, but a, a, as a play caller, I'm sure it's like, all right, this doesn't seem to be working. That doesn't seem to be working. You know, the problem is if you – it's real easy to get impatient with the running game. Uh, and so you don't want to just keep running the ball. But if you call a pass play and the guy's open but he drops it or he's open but the quarterback can't get to him because of blocking – does that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad play. That's when I think you start guard pressing as a play caller. So it's going to be very interesting. All right. Appreciate all the guests and phone calls. Y'all have a nice weekend.